marketing yourself it doesn't always have to be like this really corporate approach or um you know just running lead gen um content it can just be sharing the things that light you up and bring you joy and that could turn into a big opportunity Welcome to the Feeling When podcast, where we cut the BS and open up about the highs and lows of navigating your career. Each week, we'll be looking at what's inspired us, what we've learned, and what's made us laugh, smile, or cringe. I'm Poon, I'm the founder of Yes Mate, and I'm here to help you reframe your mindset, love your whole self, and develop self-awareness. And I'm Steph Sword Williams. I am the founder and author of Foot Being Humble, and I help people be unapologetically proud of their achievements and get over the fear of self promotion. And I'm Daisy Morris. I'm the founder of The Selfhood, and I'm on a mission to make social media feel more human and fun again. This week, we're going to be talking about that feeling when you have to market yourself, whether that's your brand or for yourself, and we're going to chat about how to spread the word. So gang, what's inspired you this week, Steph? I have quite a few references for this week. I actually used to work in advertising for everyone who didn't know this. So I'm a bit of a geek at looking at these things and keeping an eye on different things. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, a brand new partnership that Monkey and Body Dysmorphic Disorder Foundation have worked together on, which is basically looking at raising awareness of how to basically challenge the filtering that's happening on, you know, through beauty filters on social media, also in advertising and marketing. Monkey are basically helping BDD Foundation to raise awareness of the petition they're trying to get in parliament which means that everybody who is editing their photos they actually have to sort of signpost that the images have been edited so i thought that was really interesting first of all that 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 they are backing uh, the foundation and super important as a fashion brand to be recognizing the beauty standards that essentially have been put on customers and women predominantly um but i think what was really nice about the way that they've activated it is monkey's going to be pulling together different resources raising awareness of the petition online but they actually used a filter to spread the word about the idea but this filter doesn't actually edit how you look it's just got really nice creative graphics around your face and it's helping to spread the message but i just thought it was a really nice simple way of your tackling the issue around filtering images through the means of filtering, but actually not changing an aesthetic. So I think sometimes if you talked about coming up with an idea like that, you'd probably think I shouldn't go anywhere near using filters because that could feed into this issue. But it's a really clever way to get people engaged and also help spread the word. Um, So I think it's really nice. They sort of say, we really hope that using filters will help promote an unfiltered, unretouched reality and be part of advocating for transparency in social media so I really liked that I think it's something that's really important I love that there's there's a model and I can't think of their name but we'll put it in the show notes who also created a filter recently but it was half their face filtered and half their face unfiltered and they actually got loads and loads of press coverage um and grew their own personal brand and profile for a similar message around like you don't need to filter your face Um, and especially I think in the modeling industry as well there's so much of facetune and photoshopping so I really like that movement and I think more influencers and more public figures are being called out for editing their photos because it is really toxic well they changed the law didn't they in I want to say Sweden or somewhere where if you are an influencer you have to share the editing of your imagery and I think it's just good to see it happening from a brand that has the influence and is influencing audiences because they're the reason I think it works well with monkey is because their whole thing is about empowering young women to feel the best they can be mm. and they started like the no filter photography stuff and they do a lot in this space so i think it's just nice seeing it done in a way that isn't just performative they're actually like no how can we help another foundation with what they're doing but also using creativity to spark the idea because sometimes when you look at charity-led creative it's not always got that um trend 
connection essentially but i think that's what's so clever about it is that they're using filters to draw people in because it just helps then your audience to spread the message for you so i really like that the other thing i just quickly wanted to share was um this was from a while ago but i saw it in my saved posts on instagram when the met gala comes out every year they share like the top 10 best dressed or the the people who completely didn't didn't get the brief very well and one of the things that I really loved was somebody had done a post where they photoshopped themselves in their own dress like that they were selling and put themselves on the Met Gala and they did like five different products that she sells but of her posing essentially she photoshopped herself on the Met Gala red carpet but it was just a really nice um, it's called newsjacking in advertising where you jump on whatever's happening in the news and you try and get some press from it but I, I think obviously obviously my mission is always about self-promoting and thinking about creative ways to put your product out there that isn't too cringy or that feels a bit different and I know some people might be like oh I could never do that but I actually really liked when everybody's talking about a topic how can you take an idea and disrupt it with your own style Um, and I I just really like that it just reminded me I, I know it was a while ago but I think it's a really good thing to think about if you're either it's for your own brand or your personal brand or a business that you work for how could you jump on the back of things that are happening in the media and benefit off that press essentially and because everybody's talking about it yeah. I see that in social as well actually do you it was quite a while ago now but when um the new Drake album came out yeah and everyone was creating their own Drake emojis and a few a few people I follow um created their own adaptations of it but I think in advertising but as well as on social when you're looking to grow your profile there's a girl I follow actually called Lucy Hitchcock she is the founder of Partner in Wine and Sassy Digital. She is so good at viral content. If you want some inspo um, on, yeah, newsjacking, but with social media posts, she, she does it really, really well. But yeah, it's a really great way to grow your reach and get those story reshares out there. Um, what's inspired me this week? Have you seen Francis, I think you pronounce it bourgeois? Bourgeois? Yeah. Bourgeois? Yeah, definitely not how you pronounce it. Um, but for anyone, you sounded that, really French then. Did I? Yeah, Thank you. nailed it. Bourgeois. Um, he's got over like nine hundred thousand followers now on Instagram, and he's really big on TikTok. But he is a train spotting fanatic. Like he absolutely loves train spotting. And the first time I saw his videos, I was like, "Who is this person?" He is just the happiest, most joyful person, I think creator, I've seen online. And he's got this head cam that just follows him when he goes on the trains. And he does this tour every time he gets on the train or he's on the track. And it is like genuine ecstasy, euphoria when he's looking at these trains and when he's on these trains. And he's now gone viral and he was on Holly and Phil recently on this morning and he put a post up saying like, I can't believe it, but I've been able to quit my full time job. And I think what was really inspiring about that is that like I know when I was starting the selfhood and I've got a few friends that have got side hustles, sometimes when they go to promote themselves or talk about whatever it is that they love or their their passion project they're like I don't think anyone else will care I don't I don't think that this content is interesting and I'm not gonna lie like train spotting isn't really my vibe like it's not really my thing but there's something really special about seeing other people share their passions and I think I notice I can see it in creators and I can see it in business owners when they absolutely love what they do the way that you produce that content and the way that you you share your passion comes across so differently and it's just a joy to watch and I think it was a really nice reminder for myself to share more of the things that bring me joy because yes I work in social media and that is my business but there's still things that surround my job that still complement my line of work that I should be sharing and that I should be talking about and I advocate a lot for a more human social media experience and sharing more of the things that we love as individuals and that we love as people and I think um, it was yeah it was just a really really nice reminder that it doesn't matter if you think your your work is boring or your passion project is boring 
what matters is what that brings you and if that brings you joy then other people want to see it and they deserve to see it and he's now from his train spotting love he's he was also with Thierry Henry the other day like he's had all these incredible yeah like he's had all these like incredible life experiences off the back of his hobby just because he he was comfortable enough and confident enough to share that with the world so marketing yourself it doesn't always have to be like this really corporate approach or um you know just running lead gen um content it can just be sharing the things that light you up and bring you joy and that could turn into a big opportunity yeah i love that i love that as well and also that you know feeling when you feel that joy from someone like when you can recognize that somebody has enjoyed creating that because also it's how you feel when you're when you're viewing that or when you're saving that or you are taking inspiration from that because you can you can feel that energy in what someone's putting putting out there and i think like when you think about brands and businesses that you connect with it's typically the people online and offline that make you actually feel something and that's really difficult with social media to actually stop I was doing a workshop earlier and I was speaking about it you want that thumb stopping content and that's typically the stuff that makes you laugh or cry or inspires you or feel compelled to share and I think when we see people really in that moment and just talking about the things they love that's what makes us stop absorb and really yeah I think also to add to that Video is so hard and we've talked about this before and I think we all have different experience of it but I used to say like I just don't do video, I hate hate talking to camera even though I love speaking I just hate doing it and I really noticed like sometimes it would literally take me like three hours to make a 15 second reel and I'd be like what am I doing and because it didn't feel very natural and it didn't come naturally to me when I would look at the final videos that I'd got to you could almost see the frustration in myself you could see that I didn't actually enjoy doing it and it, and it probably wasn't going to sell me in the best possible way and that's probably why when you've watched those videos you felt something even though you maybe don't have shared values or shared interest it's because actually the way in which he's done it feels so genuine and I think yeah. it's just a good reminder that with marketing and advertising we don't always have to do whatever's cool and trendy at the moment I think we talk about this quite a lot collectively but I know some people are like I'm not on social media but I'm about to hit 100k this year and I'm like amazing like you know it's kind of figuring out whatever format works well for you particularly if you're selling yourself like you're not going to do a good job if it doesn't actually suit your skills or or what's coming through isn't that believable so I think that's just if it feels natural to you and it feels like you can you're doing a good job of selling whatever it is you're trying to spread the word about then great but if it feels a bit forced or maybe you're not getting the outcome you want then just try a different format because not everybody's going to show up in the same way yeah totally i love that i wish i had that advice 5 years ago <laughs> <laughs> but we've all got better at video i mean the thing is days i look at your videos and think you're the same like you the creative ideas that you come up with you can tell you're so into your industry which is actually a really positive thing but I know definitely like me and P have like tried doing videos and we're like I mean the outtakes of ours are like for fuck's sake why am I fucking doing this (laughs) and yeah the outtakes are better your outtakes that you did are so good especially when I'm like doing my meditation being really calm and then all of a sudden I can just hear my mum like have you put the collards in with the white? Like, for fuck's sake. Like. But it is, I, I do definitely think it's like choosing what brings out the best in you or whatever you're trying to sell because ultimately you won't be selling well if, if it doesn't feel authentic. Definitely. But what I would also say on that is that it's okay to experiment because I remember when I first started doing video content, it was awkward as like, I look back at some of the videos and think, who is that? But and it, it does take time and that confidence, it's not an overnight thing. And yeah, it's okay to experiment with all your content, not just video. It's whether you want to do email marketing and give writing a go as well. Like that's okay. And I think you've said this before, Steph, but the first thing you put out, it probably will be shit. Yeah. 100%. And you just gotta keep working on it and keep working on it. So even if you've and I, I say this all the time, but don't just try something once and then rule it out. If you yeah. post one reel and it flops, it doesn't mean that reels don't work for you. If you join TikTok and you don't go viral within the first month, it doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't work for you. It's just a case of working out what's your process, what's the kind of content you exactly as you said 
said, you like creating because it is important that when you're marketing yourself, there is some enjoyment in it. Because some people I know I used to cringe hard, like I used to hate doing it. And then you get used to it and it's like, oh, okay, that's actually not too bad. But I do think, yeah, that experimental piece is also important. But also don't force yourself to do anything that you really, really don't want to do. Agreed. Facts coming in strong. What about you, P? What's your inspiration for the week? So my inspo is from Nike. So they have been working with agency analog folk and they've just created a content series called Nike Mindsets, focusing on the topic of mental health. So obviously we know mental well-being has been, you know, huge over the last I would say that over the last five years, it's gradually we're, mm. we're seeing more content online. Um, you know, it's kind of you can't get away from it. So I was just like really, really happy to see a, a global brand like Nike really tapping into this because, again, like I think sportswear brands are have a great edge of, of tapping into this kind of market. And especially with Nike doing it from kind of a, a sincere sort of long term point of as, as well so they've worked with um, analog folk to create this program which is helping people to shift the focus from what you can achieve to how are you feeling um, so they're going to have features with like walking and running um, and also they're launching a podcast about burnout which I thought was really really interesting um, and again like for me the most interesting part of this is you know that healing power of of movement that they're bringing together with this focus of how we're feeling rather than the focus being on achieving like a final goal or you know having having you know achieve that end end result it's about how we feeling throughout the progress which I thought was really interesting so yeah excited to see you know what that content series looks like and what it sounds like and also what it feels like yeah and also Nike when you're hitting up Puna (laughs) but I think to be fair with I think Nike has always um, been very motivational but I think one of their most iconic ads is the um the the guy who's running and he's slightly overweight and he's at the very back and they're showing everybody that's run past the race and actually they're showing him just getting through it and and I think that actually just show and that was one of their really old famous famous Nike adverts that is always held up as a masterpiece to look at but it's nice that they're kind of bringing that to life maybe more in a this year kind of way more focused on what's actually happening and the fact that we haven't necessarily gone to see immediate results or achievements and refocusing on the mindset and looking at how to process it maybe more than actually getting to that end goal is is definitely something I think people want to hear and see more of yeah and people want to people also want to know that they're they're being listened to as well and knowing like such a massive brand like Nike is tapping into that about you know how we're feeling in that process rather I guess it's the the progress over perfection yeah Yeah. and the importance of that I think we often I certainly do associate sports even the word sport a lot of the time I just instantly my brain goes to performance yeah 100% and measurement and like I think of running as like the app and how far I can run when actually and sport has so much to do with mental health it has so much to do with like the whole this is like your area of expertise but it's an embodiment practice like body is mind mind is body and I've found recently just moving my body in the morning even if it's for 10 minutes has massively changed my mental health and how I approach the day but Nike also really good um, brand to look at for social content they only use real people and real stories on their feed so they use models on like their e-com shots but their social media is so nice because they have such a wide caliber and variety of athletes so they've got like disabled athletes that they feature on the feed and they, they really did a great share. campaign with pregnant women as well I did where it's because it's like that. for some reason it's like pregnant women don't exercise yeah. and they did a big like myth busting thing around that but that was amazing yeah they do some really interesting stuff but I I always say to my clients if big brands like Nike for example are using real people and real stories like they've got all the budget in the world then it just goes to show that that's what we need to talk about as well it's that real story real connection real people but yeah, that project sounds sick. Yeah, there has big, been a big shift because, like I say, I've worked in advertising where it's been so high glossy, like mm. nothing is unfiltered. It's also 
dreamlike, almost like unreal at some points. There has been a huge shift in in the real stories, the authenticity, being vulnerable, those things. And I think so many more people identify with it. I actually wanted to say, because it just reminded me of this podcast I listened to. It's the Harvard Business Review podcast. And they interviewed Dory Clark, who's an author. And something that she said that I think connects really nicely to obviously what Nike are looking at is um, strategic patience and how we need to have more patience with what we're doing. So even if we don't reach our ultimate goal, making sure we're acknowledging all the little things we're doing that could be getting to that point. And I know that doesn't sound like hugely original, but I love the phrase strategic patience because I think what she says is like, how do we... Um, slow down in a fast-paced world basically how do we take a minute just to be like okay not everything has to be instantaneous results and she gives this really nice analogy which I talked to you both about recently which was um, the raindrops analogy so look for raindrops so when a storm's happening and it starts to slightly rain you can kind of see all the little raindrops coming through and then you realize there are storms coming and it's the same for your progress is looking at all these little raindrops that you might be doing so let's say it is that you're trying to run a marathon rather than being like okay I haven't run 10k this week but maybe you took the stairs instead of the lift today like all those little things and I think we're just across the board whether it's through physical exercise whether it's work whether it's looking after yourself I think it's just a really nice analogy to remember around the raindrops because I think it's so easy for us to beat ourselves up for not doing enough and even just like just to make this a bit more relevant to this episode coming up with analogies and phrases that people can visualize or identify is such a great great way for other people to spread that message for you because I immediately told you both and you were both like oh I love a visualized analogy I I love something that that I can just get and I talk about a lot in my presentations of like if you can think of so I've got like the four F's to give a fuck about when you're failing or three G's to self-promotion like having things that people can latch onto a really good way to allow people to spread that message for you so yeah I think it's a a really good check out Dory Clark if you've not already heard of her I love that Uh, need to add that to my basket (laughs) going over the book ban but that's okay (laughs) oh you and your book ban but you have decided to make a library haven't you yeah so um, I just thought I would share this bit of resource because um, I'm always talking to Steph and Daisy about my book so we've started this um library so rather than each of us buying books is that we're creating one central hub where we can kind of ship basically a library I don't need to explain what library is. <laughs> no I think you do go on I do, yeah. Yeah. No, I do. So, um, but um, yeah like so I've created um, a spreadsheet which I still need to finish but um, I'm putting in like you know my top top reads this year and, and putting them into like a category of you know is this really good for anxiety is this more good for for movement is this good for depression and I think it's a great great thing that you can do with your friends or your family and and save yourself some costs as well because books are expensive I've well also they're like such a nice thing to have but once you read them rarely do you go back to them if it's unless it's like a textbook style thing or it's got action base so I think it is nice to share the love with that definitely and I also think there is something so lovely about someone reading a book and saying, I think you'll really like this. Yeah. Or I read this and it reminded me of you. That's like literally the best compliment ever. You're really good at that, P. You'll say like, oh, I've got this book. I think you should check it out. But it's a really, really nice personal way to, yeah, recommend or connect resources with someone. It's also a really good way to network, just throwing it in there. Because if you've read a really good book and you think somebody that you really want to connect with could benefit from it you could be like by the way not had a chance to connect with you yet but I actually read this book that could really benefit you it's really useful or maybe you listen to someone on a podcast and they say something really interesting you could say oh I loved what you said on this podcast if you've not heard of this other podcast or if you've not watched this show you should check it out because I think it would really feed well into your work and that person will always remember you as a as somebody that helped them yeah, it's that really building nice. that relationship, isn't it? And I think this kind of feeds into this topic as well, is that people buy from people. Yeah. Mm, so always. They remember. Always. I think we've said it once, I'll say it twice, but in the words of Maya Angelou, people always will remember how... You made them feel. You made them feel. So what have we learnt this week? Some big learnings, I feel like, has been going on. 
So I'll, I'll kick it off. I actually talked about this in episode one, the Snoop Dogg speech, um, which if you haven't listened to that episode yet, first of all, go and listen to it. But second of all, it's basically where Snoop Dogg uh, shares his acceptance speech for the Hollywood star. Is that what you call it? Hall of Fame star. And uh, he does a really amazing speech where he actually goes on to say, like, I want to thank me for working really hard. I want to thank me for doing this. And he goes on and, and thanks himself throughout the speech. And it's pretty iconic. So I watched that and I really enjoyed it. And I decided to make my own version of that, which, by the way, as I said, I used to hate doing video content. And this year I really pushed myself to get past that fear and that insecurity of doing it. And I rarely speak on videos, but this was one where I was like, this needs to happen. So I made my own I Want to Thank Me speech, which you can have a look on at FBeingHumbleLDN. And I basically just did, it was for International Women's Day, actually. And it was a piece of content that I tried to show people that it's okay to thank yourself and also to do it publicly. (laughs) Um, Lead by example. Anyway, I did that. I wrote a press release to go with it and I sent it out to loads of different companies and connections that I had to pick it up for International Women's Day and no one responded. And I was a bit like, oh, that's such a shame because, you know, you you put loads of effort into a piece of content, which we should also talk about because how many times do you put loads of effort into a piece of content? You think, oh my God, everyone's going to love this. No one's bothered about it, but then something you upload in 10 seconds, everyone goes mad for. Always away. Always. Always. Anyway, no one picked up on it and that was that. But actually about six months later, I'd sent it to Stylist magazine and um, they'd asked me to do an article about six months later about how to block out self-doubt. And in that article, they pulled lots of things, sort of references or piece of content that I've produced and they put this video in there. And it was really interesting because I thought at the time you didn't pick that up as press and I felt like it was slightly wasted or maybe it didn't nobody was bothered or maybe didn't affect anyone how I wanted to but they used it later on down the line so I think very often with marketing and advertising like everything in life we want it to see it results immediately but I think you said it earlier Daisy like just because it's not a viral sensation straight away doesn't mean that your efforts are wasted marketing and advertising generally can be evergreen and that content could actually pop up and help someone six months later or five years later it could be a piece of content that you shared that actually gets reshared on the Huffington Post in two years you know like you actually never know how that marketing or advertising might be lifted in the future so please don't freak out if you put something out there you think it's going to change the world and it doesn't I think have patience and always know that when you're producing things to sell your ideas your businesses the you have an intention you have a goal for doing that and it isn't always just for this like instant gratification or validation that you've done something epic actually it could just be that people are gonna respond to it in their own timelines and and I think sometimes if anything sometimes a no response or a quieter response is better than bad responses right yeah. you know we all know cancel culture you will know if you pre- create a piece of advertising and marketing and it goes awfully wrong because you'll get your twitter or your instagram flooded with negative comments so rather than assuming what you've created hasn't benefited someone or maybe you've not hit the mark just hold on in there and know that that advertising or marketing could actually help you or someone else down the line and it doesn't have to be this this instant thing that is going to change your life tomorrow and I think that's part of the culture that we're living in today, right? We we think that as soon as we put something out or, you know, we hit up a new client that we're going to seal the deal, we're going to get that sale, we are going to get that booking. And guess what, guys? Life does not work like that. It's not an overnight process. It's not an overnight. It, it takes time. worth having comes easy. It takes time. And you've, got to, you've really got to sow those seeds. So um, one of the things that I've learned and I'm still learning is that not to expect everyone to know what you're doing. So the story that I wanted to share is around putting in those seeds, trusting the process and actually just being patient. So I was mentoring uh, with the Creative Network, Creative Mentoring Network, um, probably about two years ago now, I think. Um, Met some incredible mentors from lots of different um, sectors, different industries, and I connected with one lady who was, she was working at Nike at the time, and we just had a few brief conversations, 
and then you know didn't didn't really carry on that conversation and then I posted on Insta this is two years afterwards um just a social post on how to work with us just a carousel post on the fact that we do consultancy I host workshops discussion spaces you can book a one-to-one with me and again it was one of those pieces of content where I literally poured a good few hours into creating posted it and I just was like for fuck's sake like (laughs) you know I just was just you know when you by the time you finished I don't know I just was so frustrated that I posted it and there was like I literally think there was like four likes five likes but also the timing so anyway I was annoyed and then um literally within 20 minutes I got a dm from this lady um explaining that she's not at Nike anymore she's now at Converse um and she'd love to love to book in some time to hear about you know what are these workshops what we're doing so we had a conversation um which then led on to her connecting me to somebody else in the team and then they basically I worked with them to create a two-step bespoke workshop program for their teams and that was two years later from meeting this woman so I guess the moral of the story is is have patience and you never know who is looking at your content and how that is going to be perceived because for me you know I put that out and then I was I was disappointed the fact that okay it didn't have the have the reception that I wanted it to have but then I actually ended up getting business from it so I think it's really important to to be patient and just to actually keep and and also what's the word persevere persevere I think what's really important to remember as well that you've just touched upon and it's something that comes up a lot with my clients and I always get asked this I got asked it this this afternoon I was doing a um, webinar and someone said I find that whenever I promote my services directly that no one engages and I always say to people like you have to treat your content like an ecosystem your selling posts aren't there to be engaged with you're asking people to take action so they might save that post they might click through to your website they might send it to a colleague it you're not asking them to like like it or comment on it that's not the point so i often see it with clients and i've done it in the past before years ago i used to think oh gosh everyone's thinking that i'm some absolute like spam your bed and field because i'm telling them, <laughs> <laughs> telling them about you've got to get service. through this <laughs> You have just got to get through this. Oh, wow, we went a bit off track. Do you know what? Do you know what? Just confirm we are not in tune. Victoria Bedingfield? Victoria Beckham. You're out of your mind. Yeah, it's so funny that she's in there. It's actually a song. That's a tune. Is that the same song? Yeah. No. Oh, different song. That is with... The, oh no, the oh, same, same Bowers. Bowers. I thought that. <laughs> oh, he was from another level. Was he? Ooh. I don't even think I know that. Right, I don't think anyone should know. actually trust us because <laughs> no, anyway, we just back back, back but, to business. Um, yeah, I think just remember that when you are promoting <laughs> yourself. <laughs> That literally went from Daniel spamming me <laughs> to Dane Bowers, Victoria Beckham. And then what did you just say? Another level. I'm Another sure le- I, don't, I don't even know what... Oh, I don't know. You're a little bit older than us, P. Older, yeah. I don't know that band. Damage? Don't you remember Just Another Friday Night? Oh, yeah, Maybe that's a tune, yeah. yeah. Go on, a bit louder. Yeah, go on. <laughs> people in the back. <laughs> Sorry, back to your point. No, no, that was it. It was just don't feel like you are spamming people because unless people know exactly what you do they're not going to know what you do so you do have to create these posts and be glaringly obvious a really good way to do this and I say to people is describe what you do like you would be telling a child and really break it down because we all know our industries inside out we all know what we do inside out but actually someone that needs your services might not really know what that looks like or how that could work for them so just yeah if you don't get the engagement straight away just remember that someone might see that inquire in a few weeks send it to someone else it's not that direct return there and then but also i think to come back to objectives of marketing and advertising your objective wasn't to get comments like yes queen or like (laughs) loads of likes or like you know that's not what you were doing you were doing to sell your products and I think exactly to your point Daisy like the thing you're selling posts or the things that you're doing where it's direct sales your goal isn't to get isn't to you know 
provoke thoughts it's not to you know open a debate or a discussion and also what you just said days that I like is the whole thinking about it from as if you're speaking to a child the best creative from having worked with creative directors and art directors and copywriters are the ideas you get really quickly so actually sometimes when they are wordy or long and maybe people don't get them straight away that's a really good sort of vetting process for you to go do I need to streamline this more do I how can I simplify this so it's instantly understandable and that's why we all know it don't we if we share a funny meme that people can just get in two seconds you're going to get really high engagement or people are going to really like it if it requires any action reading longer than 10 seconds that's where you could experience a drop off and that's not to say you shouldn't post anything that requires action or requires someone to do something but it is a really good way to review the creative content you're putting out there your advertising your marketing and going how quickly do you get this or are there any barriers to understanding because you want like we've talked about people to reshare it easily or you want people to connect with it instantly so it really is just thinking about are you overcomplicating it sometimes or could you how can you say it in as few words as possible you know if you had to really streamline it down so just make sure that you're not particularly it's quite a British thing to do but sort of over rambling in order to get your marketing point across and I think when you look at some of the most iconic adverts or the most iconic branding and stuff it's usually the ones that you get in 60 seconds definitely I think the other thing I just wanted to say the learning for me in this process and has been that for me there is a bit of a discomfort of selling my services and selling myself not selling myself selling (laughs) selling what I do um so that's something that I'm learning to get comfortable with in 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 recognizing that what I'm doing has immense value and you know there is there is a fee for this this amount of work and again coming back to the converse um program the feedback that I had from that literally was it just blew my mind and it's like that that feedback wouldn't have come if I hadn't planted those seeds and and kind of trusted that so for anyone who is finding a little bit of discomfort in kind of selling their services or you know putting themselves out there in that way also just just trust that process and recognize that you know if you're if you've not come from a sales background as well it is sometimes a little bit uncomfortable um, but you just have to get comfortable by being uncomfortable yeah they say don't they like if you always see selling as a sleazy thing to do you will always feel sleazy yeah and you have to get past that there's a really good book actually um how to sell anything which uh, i read years ago actually it talks about loads of different things from charities to businesses and and it is about really getting past that emotional stigma or barriers that you feel like oh this isn't me or selling is cheesy or I don't want to force this down people's throats when actually every single company in the in the world advertises to us so the sooner you kind of get on board with doing it you know however you want to do it but not rejecting it because you've never done it before it doesn't feel like something that you're used to doing because like everything in life we've all had to learn to get on board with it And, and all three of us can vouch for the fact that advertising and marketing is probably the key ways we get business right yeah, yeah definitely. I'll add that book to my basket as well Steph. It's, it's a really good but I wonder if I've still got it somewhere but yeah how to add sell it to everything add it to the library yeah. yeah add it to the library that exactly. actually um that really nicely leads on to my next point because I've only in recent probably in the last year I'm quite visible on my platforms I post a lot on LinkedIn I'm quite present on Instagram stories I post a lot of video content and the last couple of months, I felt like a real resistance to um, quote unquote showing up and talking on stories and being really visible and present because it, it is a lot. It's, it's a big energy exchange. And actually, I really take my hat off to creators and people who are always on because I think people underestimate just how much that takes out of you. And I was just feeling a bit not just myself, but collectively from the sentiment that I was picking up from people in the online space and the conversations I was having, I was noticing that a lot of people were feeling quite burnt out in the digital space and just feeling like, I don't know what to post, I just don't know what to talk about, I haven't got the capacity to create content and be active online. 
I think that's both yeah, of us, I'm isn't like, it, P? I'm yeah. like, that's me right now. 100%. Yeah. And, and lots and lots of people are. So I started writing a blog post a few weeks ago just about what I'd observed and what my predictions were around that because I've been working in social for six and a half years now and I think um, there's something in just picking up how other people are feeling. But I started writing this blog post and I sent it to Steph and P. And uh, they both said, this isn't a blog post, this is something bigger. So one learning from that was, um, and I will go into the other learning shortly, but one learning is don't just assume that a blog post can be a blog post. Really think about how you can maximize that content. So I actually turned it into a trend report. And then I set that up as a data capture lead through my website and it got over 700 downloads. And as a result, amazing. I won a client from it. They downloaded the report and asked me to come in and do a workshop. And it is a brand, Lazy Oaf. I've wanted to work with them Woo. for so long. They're honestly one of my favorite brands. Like I actually buy their clothes and have done for the last 10 years. And I, I was quite... I guess I was quite skeptical to see how it would go because I'm such a visible person and I thought, are people going to want to read my thousands of words? And it got so much great feedback. It got shared by lots and lots of people. Um, People actually said, you know, I read it over the weekend or I read it after work with a cup of tea and it was really nice to read something visual in a different format. So the other learning on top of not just, oh, this is a blog post, can I maximise it? I should maximise it, is just because you're used to promoting and marketing yourself in one way it doesn't limit you from trying something else and actually it's massively reignited my love for writing i'm not a great copywriter it's not something um i actively push or promote but i absolutely love it and i've recently started writing on my blog more and just writing for joy more so not only um you know has it generated new business and kick-started my creativity in a different way but it's also reignited my passion for writing and yeah just trying something different so i would say if you are feeling burnt out do start the blog post or you know i i got 700 new email addresses from that one activity that i can market to and that was just off of me spending a few hours brain dumping on a blog and thankfully (laughs) steph and people like mate what are you doing this is really long and also um there's more value in this so yeah i think it's about stepping out of it and just again like seeing the value in your work and seeing how you can help people i think it comes back to what you just said steph about um you know we often feel like selling is sleazy but if you're helping people and if what you're doing is going to educate them or empower them or give them a resource or a new way of thinking actually it's not selling you are genuinely helping them and giving them something that they need and also for you to get where you are to create that content like that time your expertise you know all your own personal development your everything that you do behind the scene like everything that we all do people don't don't see that as well so it's like where we are now with what we're producing of course there's massive value to that and it's like you're not just you're not just getting what you see you're getting so much more yeah yeah and I think I did my course uh, big up yourself earlier this year and one of the things that I did was show people when you come up with one idea how can you blow that in up into multiple different formats so let's take your trend report for example you've done that as a digital download you could also do a reel where you're talking about the five top trends you could do a panel where you interview people in the field that have got experience or can back up the points you're talking about you could do a podcast series where you do a deep dive into every trend you've talked about so really once you come up with that initial idea or maybe that theme is doing a brainstorm of of those different things that it could actually look into because then all of a sudden you've gone from one idea into 10 pieces of content and I think we're all struggling with that content production fatigue at the moment where it's kind of like what haven't I said how can I say this differently I'm just all I'm seeing is the same things as other people and I think sometimes it is just actually having that like you said, the, the time to actually think of the idea itself, but then also asking yourself, actually, if this was going to be turned into something like a month long activity, like 
Nike would or like any other big brand, they very rarely just produce one advert and then that's it. You know, they look at it as a much broader activation. So rather than feeling like you have to constantly be coming up with new ideas every week, it is about thinking if we wanted to turn this into an ongoing series, how would it look like? How could I do this monthly? Could this be a theme of a piece of content I share every Thursday? You know, like Mm. how can we actually tap into these? Because you don't need to reinvent the wheel if one piece of marketing has done a really good job actually it's about unpicking what elements of that has done well and how could you replicate that or build on that in order to keep building your audience definitely and I think something that um I'd say to my clients and I notice a lot is you can't just say something once and expect people to remember you have to tell them go and download the report, go and download the report because people are busy, especially online. Like it's a noisy space. People have to see the same message over again. And I listened to a podcast um, a few weeks ago and the woman was saying that whenever she sells an online course or whenever she sells a new digital product, she uses exactly the same language in her stories, on her posts. The call to action is always the same and she always uses the same GIF. So she'll use a certain GIF behind the call to action on her stories so people can make that visual download. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, they make that visual connection straight away because, again, people just tap, 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 scroll, scroll, scroll. They're not really absorbing a lot of the time. So having that consistent message and that repeat of what it is you're selling... I think like we, we briefly touched upon this earlier, but quite often people put it out there once and think, oh, no one's interested, my, my product's boring, no one cares. And that's not the case. The case is they haven't told people enough. They haven't really drilled that message home. So I think, yeah, there's something in that re- repetition with your selling messages as well and your marketing. I really like that as I, an idea, but just to sort of counter argue a different way of looking at it is actually what are the 10 different ways you could sell that in that trend report so rather than it just be this is for anyone that's struggling with creating content that might be your first message that you send out but it may be this is for anybody who wants to turn their followers into customers or you know so I actually think as well as I like the consistency element because it's a constant reminder and I think there's absolutely opportunities to continue that but at some point you might want to think about how can we resell this or how can we reposition that I think it's more around like the consistency in the actual call to action itself yeah yeah visual love that completely agree I think and it's something I think a lot of people myself included are guilty of and it's such a good reminder Steph that taking that what we think is one piece of content can be broken down into so many different things and also people consume content in different ways I'm quite a visual person I like video but some people still really like long form content so you're catering to all the different learning types by doing that as well well, recently I did a, a meme on um, when you stop giving a fuck about what everyone else thinks about your career and actually choose something you want to do. And it was like Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner swearing at a camera. And like that got so much engagement and so many people reshared that. And I was plugging my event on how to change careers. So I think that that yeah, kind of like a very easy thing to do is follow the format of, well, everybody else just posted an event piece of artwork. So that's what I need to do to promote my event. But actually doing that got like so many shares, so many. It was actually, though, the the one that that woman was really horrible to me about. Um, oh, yeah, when Steph got got some I got trolled on LinkedIn oh let me find it I'm gonna read it out because I always tell people I get trolled on LinkedIn and then I don't think they actually believe me and I'm like no this is we were actually having our photos taken for the podcast weren't we and I was like so I posted this uh, Eventbrite image so this gif on LinkedIn and granted some of the content that I produce for Instagram maybe is more lifestyle focused or a bit more piss takey but I shared that image on my LinkedIn promoting the event saying anybody who struggles with finding careers or is thinking about changing directions come along to this workshop some woman commented saying wow I want to be a smug self-centered narcissistic rude and strong woman just like Stephanie how do I sign What a mug. What a mug. And I literally was just like, I'm helping people change their careers. Why are you trolling me? And it was a woman. It was a woman. Whenever It's like a 50-year-old woman. That's about her. That's not about you. 
But um, I shared it on Instagram and thank you to everyone who messaged uh, because I, the words were... I want to be a smug, self-centered, narcissistic, rude, and strong woman. (laughs) So she basically dissed me like five times and then went, and strong. As if like, maybe she backed out at the end and was like, fine, I better throw in a compliment. (laughs) And everyone was like, does she think strong is a bad thing? It was really weird that she did that. But yeah, to everyone who messaged me and was like, just ignore it, I appreciate it. But yeah, it is, I think that's the thing. And I, you know, we can't necessarily, we shouldn't, overlook the fact that when you are marketing and you are advertising you are absolutely going to get these uh, someone said to me the other day they were listening to the podcast and they loved it when you said about being called a geek pie <laughs> <laughs> that makes me lol all the time but it's true isn't it and you had a bit of a wobble and you were like oh how do I feel but I yeah. think at the core of it whenever you are such putting out insult. content it's such a great insult geek pie <laughs> she should have added that she should have swapped out strong out of the, <laughs> the message to me and been like smug self-centered narcissistic rude geek pie (laughs) (laughs) but I I think uh, it comes hand in hand with anything you put out there is that like you are not always going to please people some people are going to get it some people are going to love it some people are going to have opinions Um, in that case I just screenshotted it deleted the comment and then blocked the woman because I just don't allow people to have airtime like that on my channels because I don't think I need to be surrounded by that energy but I do think Please don't get derailed if somebody puts their negative opinion on something you've created. Always ask yourself, does it provide you with a level of awareness that means you are emotionally aware to other people's feelings? If that has helped you in that way, then don't get defensive about it. Just absorb what's been said but if it is just genuinely a a critical comment that people just want to be horrible about then just park it block them delete them select all and absolute mug you can't and you won't always please everyone and if you are then you're probably doing something wrong because people hating on you it's a sign that you know you're making waves it's true you're making waves babes right guys it's time for a little ad break we wanted to give a big big shout out and thank you to Locke So for those of you who don't know who they are, Lock basically combines the space of an apartment with the beaut design that you'd expect at a boutique hotel. It has great restaurants, gym space, and a cocktail bar. But the best part is that they have free co-working spaces, which I actually find is really difficult to find. So you will definitely find us there working away, hosting a meeting, or brainstorming our next podcast episode over a coffee. Or if you're a bit more of a digi nomad which I'm definitely hoping to do more of next year I'm definitely keen to travel and work more you can hop from city to city or you know if you're working on a project for a few months and you want more space in a hotel the apartments range from studio size to up to two bedrooms so gone are the days of overpriced room service and sacrificing floor space for your suitcase you can actually cook up your own meal you can roll out a yoga mat if you're on that vibe store away all your clothes and still have room for more lock have locations across london manchester edinburgh ireland and germany so you have plenty to choose from i've also heard that berlin one of my favorite cities ever is on the way as well as lisbon and more so we're absolutely buzzing to say that that feeling when listeners can save up to 25 percent on your stay with the promo code community at www.lockliving.com we're definitely going to be spending a lot of time there and we hope to see you there too that's the ad break over thank you so much for listening let's get back to our chat so what's made us laugh smile or cringe this week i think i'll kick it off go on so i was having a lovely thread of texts with my brother um as he was on his route home one Late evening after one too many bourbons. Bourbons? Bourbons. Bourbon yeah. biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, no. There's a bourbon, bourbon whiskey. whiskey. In there. Yeah. I meant old fashioned. He's going to kill me. That drinks. <laughs> bourbon biscuits. Well, I mean, he's probably eating bourbon biscuits as well. Um, bourbon biscuits slap, actually. I, I think they're so overrated. Oh, Them and a custard better. cream, no. Oh my gosh. Really? Do you know why? Because it reminds me of like reception and warm, dry I milk. Hear that. Do you know what I mean? I like year, year one reception, like they're the, the crappy biscuit. I, I don't know. What should I go to? Hobnob. Oh. Sure, it's a hobnob girl. <laughs> 
I think you're a chocolate digestive. No, she told us what she is. Oh, she has she, those cookies. I'm not. Those foxes, I am. I'm not. I'm not. So, I'm not a biscuit. No, you, but you're, <laughs> but you're you're not a massive fan of biscuits. But you like the the chocolate, the foxes cookies. I yeah, the, the triple chocolate chip. Because every time memory. I see him, every time I see him in cup sold out, I'm like Steph's on him, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> She's come all the way to Southeast. Major shortage of foxes because <laughs> Steph's came, on the loose. She came down it and she grabbed them. Well, if I didn't have a complex before. <laughs> no, but I remember you're not massive into biscuits. Well, I'm, I'm here for party. You, you didn't make it sound like it just then. <laughs> just said just that brand. It's just only that one top. Whereas I'm bulbs, bulbs, custard creams. I'm, I love them all. Yeah. Rich tea as well. I am that. Oh, oh no, they are a good dunk. They're so. Oh, you see, because I don't drink tea or coffee. Yeah, yeah. I don't drink tea. hot drinks, so I don't dip. And the thing with biscuits, you can never have one, can you? No, you can't. You can't. Absolutely not. Anyways, slight rumble. Yeah. Back to the you're stores. Having, you're having a bourbon with your brother. Old fashioned. He's on his way home. He's telling me about how his day's been, and um, he was like, oh, um, he was like, my boss called me an eagle, and I was like, what? I was like, I don't understand this. Is this? I was like, is this sales chat? And he was like, have you not heard of this, like ducks and eagles? And I was like, no. And he was like, eagles and ducks. And I was like, what? What is a duck? What is an eagle? Obviously, apart from that, they're both birds, right? So he's like, there are two kinds of people in business: a duck, quack quack, talk shit <laughs> all the time, whereas eagles, they soar high and they find strength in themselves. And I was like, oh, I love this. I That's love this. Power. Keep going. Tell me more. Um, he's like, eagles, they find themselves in situations and find inner strength and they soar high and look after people and take them under their wings. They inspire people. And he's like, we're both eagles. He's <laughs> like, good, definitely glad that I'm not a duck. Um, <laughs> it would be jokes if he's like, I'm an eagle, you're, you're a, a duck. duck. <laughs> and then he was like, eagle, eagles are the people that take people under their wing, impart wisdom and guide many eagles to the path of light. He was like, eagles soar high. And I was like, this is amazing. I was like, I love this wisdom. Where's this from? Because I know like an eagle sim- symbol is um, quite prevalent in a lot of like mysticism. And I know def- definitely in like um, Eastern traditions, there's always like symbols of snakes and, and, and different kind of animal totems. Ducks, they're people in life who are quick to comment, judge or talk shit. I was like, okay. But eagles are also people who are beautiful from the inside and they don't judge people and they make you feel enlightened and he's like you can use this anthology for for life in so many ways um you're an eagle p you're an eagle yeah self. you're an eagle and then i went you're down, an eagle d's. i went, I went d's. Down, d's d's i'm a i've just merged d's. p with d's 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 um you're a deagle is that what you just said <laughs> But yeah, then I just went into an absolute rabbit hole and then just um, was Googling eagle symbolism. And then I took it a step further as always. Um, and then I found this amazing article which is talking about how eagles are also a form of, of the divine and how they help us recognise divinity within ourselves and also that light within other people. So the whole symbol of an eagle is that they can view life from a higher perspective and they can start recognising that they are so much more capable of than than what they thought um being a supreme winged eagle creature the eagle is a meaning of power and of resilience and it's the spirit's message and our connection with divinity because it helps us to reach higher because the eagle can fly higher than any other bird and then i was like wow reading about symbolism and eagles in spirituality and this is like at 12 21 <laughs> but um also, I feel like I wish everyone was watching me and Daisy right now because we're literally <laughs> hanging off our seats like we're at a TED Talk. It's because she's so animated when she talks. I'm just she reading so the thread of text. It. I love it. And also, I'm really scared to say mine now because you've really... I was going to say that sounded so epic. I'm, I'm about to talk about Tracy Beaker. <laughs> I love Tracy Beaker. On theme, though, Beaker. Yes, Beaks. Beaks. Yeah, that's it. Beak up the beaks. No, that was, that was really lovely, Pete. Yeah, yeah, I love and that. It just, it just made... Cause we come I got from, goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, we just come from very, very different worlds, and also we're twins. Um, so for those of you who are listening, um, yeah, I'm a twin with with a boy, um, because people always like, are you the same sex? And it's like you can have different sex. Yeah. <laughs> FYI, um, but yeah, but you just... are pretty much the same people. I'll let You've you got... be. The, I'll let you be the judge of that. Well, yeah, I've not met him yet, but um, but yeah, we we come from very, very different worlds, and. I just, yeah, just felt really touched by that. Like, he thinks I'm an eagle and not, not yeah, a duck, which is I love great. That. <laughs> but also, it's just such a great analogy because I think everybody can 
imagine an eagle in their life and you can definitely think imagine got, a duck yeah, yeah we've all got eagles in our lives and we should be eagles for others definitely i, I like that. that so i um this made me laugh this didn't um but it actually made me smile as well because I just thought it was creased. But I was on the bus the other day and I got off at Shoreditch and I was like, what the fuck is that? And I just saw this poster of Tracy Beaker's face blown up on the side of a bus stop saying Tracy Beaker for Prime Minister. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then there was just an Instagram handle underneath at school.lunches. And I was like, random. Didn't think anything of it. It was just like, oh, Tracy Beaker, I haven't seen her face in a while. <laughs> And then I walked down towards Brick Lane and I see another one saying, Elaine the Pain needs you. And I was like, hang on a minute, what is going on here? Why has Tracy Beaker made a comeback? And there's this like spoof merch account, merchandise account of just like funny clothing on. And they were using that as promo to get people onto their website. So I looked at the Instagram account and it's all like funny merch. But I just thought that is such a clever way mm. to drive interest to your website. Because um, often I think when we when we speak about marketing, we think, well, I, I guess because it's my remit, I often think primarily and speak about digital and social. But sometimes we forget that offline marketing is actually really really powerful and yeah i just saw those posters and thought like who is this absolute joker and then went on their instagram and thought no do you know what that's really clever because tracy beaker's all also made a bit of a comeback i think tiktok's gone tracy beaker mad so it is all really relevant but yeah i thought on the subject of marketing I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. And also just resurfacing cultural references from the past. Like, it just automatically pulls you in, doesn't it? Millennials love a bit of nostalgia. I've noticed that about us. I know. I did a post on... um the train spotting choose love speech a uh, choose life speech sorry um love that poster it's oh such a good poster it's isn't it such it's such a good post and in, oh no i'm the actually the original poster was like just about um it's just a really funny it's the way they open the film isn't it it's yeah you, is it you it's you <laughs> he he it? It, yeah he does this really epic if you're not listening to the train spotting speech like just like go google it washing machine. yeah it's so good but i did a post on you know like choose your future and I sort of just shared those things about you know choose not showing up online choose working abroad choose picking the future you want instead of the one your family wants and I just went I kind of it's almost like if train spotting was going to do a poster for your career in 2021 or now because that, that film came out years ago like 20 years ago um and it has had so many reshares and so many people liked and I think that whole thing of like getting creative outside of your expected industry or looking at references and I think that's why the trace speaker thing connected with you so much because it was like such a throwback but also you it's sort of brought an emotional connection through so I, th- I really love that and also who doesn't want to see trace speaker back on the streets bring back trace speaker so mine's uh, not that career related but I watched the audience with Adele did you watch it oh yes we did. I feel like I need to watch about three times to be honest um literally sobbing instantly laughing all of it and i'm sure everyone's watched the clips and stuff like if you're a millennial you'll you'll appreciate it because there are lots of throwback moments but why i loved it was i kind of realized she's a combo of all three of us <laughs> I, love that. I actually wrote I, I messaged you both didn't i, I was like she regularly cackles she has she doesn't have a traditional accent so she's got an accent that is uh, quite memorable um she is very down to earth she uses gun fingers a lot which we all do um and she laughs a lot at herself and i think actually at her own jokes like we do but also i think one of the things i loved about it was when she was about to sing go easy on me her new song oh i love that or just easy on me sorry and she started the first verse and then she's like shit i'm shitting myself stop let's go again and i do really love that because i think all three of us have done that before where our minds have gone blank in a presentation or we're doing something and we just go i'm so sorry i've forgotten what i was about to say i just need to reset and i yeah i just loved watching it i like was like watching i was like who does this remind me of like who does this remind me of i was like oh me daisy and boone (laughs) she's our like spirit animal i'm not gonna say alter ego because she's more just like oh 
I think she's could, us as a collective. She's us as a collective, yeah. Yeah. For sure. yeah. She based herself on us. Yeah. Yeah. 100%, yeah she yeah. got inspo from us. Her new album is about, is, about, is about us. us. <laughs> Basically. There was there was two key moments in that when I was watching it. One, obviously, when she um when they reunite her with a teacher. Oh, yeah. She was like, bye, miss. Yeah. That, like, oh, that so just, cute. That My got heart. me. And then there was a bit where I've not actually heard this song, so I'm not a massive Adele fan, but I do love her. But um, the song where she was saying, like, you know, I, I wrote this when I was at my lowest point, and she was like, every time I, I sing it, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't even remember what the name of the song was, but it really moved me. And I think I got so lost in the song, hence why I don't remember what it's called, but when she was singing it, I was like, I feel like this is me right now. Yeah, because what she says is, I'm sometimes not very good at seeing how good I am. But she wrote that song, listened to it back and said, wow, I was really proud of myself. And I think that was what was really relatable to hear, wasn't it? Of like, how frequently do we just go through things not reflecting on that and you know I think everybody there was a really funny thing actually trending on Twitter where it was like um, all LinkedIn blog writers uh, bouncing with excitement after Adele says she has imposter syndrome hashtag like new article coming literally (laughs) and I was like the awareness on that and there were so many tweets about that it's like all entrepreneurs getting ready to write their Adele related Adele related article and it's so true isn't it like I also saw this other meme that was like mainly ambivalent about my Britishness until I see something like Adele in London Palladium with Emma Thompson trying to get everyone on their feet and Stormzy being all shy asking a question and then I'm like oi oi Savaloy <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny there was also, they were also laughing at like how the Hollywood one was really glamorous and really soft paced and you know really moving and the UK version is like Alan Carr <laughs> singing oh my god what, what was so it? did he sing what was it it wasn't rolling in the deep whatever it was. I was gonna say I think I probably identify the most with that because that mean it was like when you say you're not gonna do karaoke and then it's like five minutes later and you're yeah. up doing it but no it was it was really good and I think like lover or hater I think that the the audience with environment I think that experience to come back to the UK and do all of that must be so yeah. like such a moving moment and like it's it's just crazy how like coming back to the UK and then seeing how much people like adore her and love her and stuff yeah. like that must have been for her career and that achievement must have been so, such a big moment but yeah I think Emma Thompson was a, a definite highlight dancing around Bless she her. was she was excellent work yeah but yeah, again, Adele, are you listening? And Big I think up. also just on that, I think the reason that people connect with her so much is because she is, and we use this word a lot, but she is just vulnerable and she's happy to say like, oh, I'm shitting myself, can we start again? And what you see is what you get. And she's happy to share that, you know, she was at her lowest point. And we often see influencers and celebrities as these untouchable people. And we actually spoke about it in another one of the episodes when we spoke about Billie Eilish and Justin Bieber. We see these people as like glossy celebs that have nothing wrong with them and they're untouchable, but everybody's human at the end of the day. So I think, again, just a learning when you're marketing yourself, it's okay to also be vulnerable and not always share the great things that you're doing and also share some of the failures um, and the stuff that maybe didn't go right because people also connect with that as well. Definitely. Right, gang. Shall we wrap up? Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. We hope that we have given you some inspo when it comes to marketing yourself. Of course, we will share all of the inspo in the show notes as well. So if you want to check out any of the resources or references mentioned today, you can find them there. And make sure that you're following That Feeling When podcast. We've been sharing some of our favourite highlights from the show, along with some tips and different action-based things that you can be doing to implement some of the things that we've talked about. And, of course, you can add us (laughs) on LinkedIn. So I'm Steph Sword-Williams. I'm Daisy Morris. And I'm Poonam Dufa. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. With a special thanks to Sarah Parker, our editor of the podcast, and Sinead Taylor, who's done our branding and graphics.